0: Welcome to Inspired Caregiver with me, Michelle Magner. This is the podcast where people who are helping out their older family members come for information, tips, and inspiration on how to make their journey easier. Enjoy this episode of Inspired Caregiver. Okay. Okay. We're recording. We're recording. We're recording. And... um. I obviously spoke with Emily last week and heard about her experience with your dad as his in his like last final days of life, and she really encouraged us to all meet. So she, I get all the sister perspectives.
1: Yep, she demanded it. <laughs> She She wants to document everything because she feels like she has a bad memory and isn't going to remember it all. And she wants it ingrained in her brain. She wants to be able to look back.
0: I think it's good. I think, you know, we remember different types of details. When we spoke over the weekend, you were talking about what was important, what wasn't important, trying to sift through all of that. So maybe just talking through it will help sort some of that out. So, yeah, so I'm, I'm the
2: one who lives closest to my parents. And, um, so my dad was diagnosed 16 years ago. Um, my kids are now 20, 17 and a half, 15 and a half. And so that, and I, I moved near them 14 years ago. Okay. So for a lot of it, um, you know, it was it was part of our fi- family dynamic, but I wasn't, um, you know, deeply involved. I mean, it was it affected everybody, but I wasn't really part of that process. Right. And then about four years ago, um, and it was almost to the date because it was December third, twenty sixteen. My, my parents had a, a meeting with the, um, their urologist who'd done his original surgery. And um, he said, you've got three months to live. Four years ago? Yes. Okay. Yes. And so, and, and prior to that, my dad had had surgery. He'd had radiation. He'd had Lupron shots. He had been consistently um, engaging with his disease. And
1: doing, switching it up to be able to fight it. And
2: And always fighting it and always moving forward. And, but then it was like, we're at the end.
1: Well, and he also, um, you know, something changed with where the cancer was and he started to feel (laughs) a lot worse, I think, you know, and it was affecting him and his daily functioning. Right, and it had started
2: in um, August, September-ish time. And it went, and that went over oh. through the fall. And then by December, it was like, you have three oh. months to live. Wow. So everybody rallied. They came out for Christmas. Everyone, you know, yeah. We thought that was the last Christmas we would all be together. And, um, you know, after that first meeting, so my husband's a doctor. And after that first meeting, we obviously, he had a lot of questions. We all had a lot of questions. My mom could answer some of them, but not all of them. and it was really clear to me that I needed to step in and um, and and, ha- and her having to tell everybody was very
1: difficult. Well, and what she retains is also really yeah. um, and what her perspective and what she kind of focuses on is very different than the information that other people wanted to know about.
0: Right. So, so
2: basically it was clear, I need to start going to the doctor's appointments. And my job there would be to disseminate that information to my, to my sisters, to the spouses and to help my parents remember the information and to keep them on track.
1: So I started going. And also to help, I think, um, explain some of the <laughs> symptoms that he was having to right. because sometimes to talk to the doctor yeah too. to talk to the doctor because sometimes each of them in their own weird ways would get focused on certain things that were happening but okay. not necessarily the important ones <laughs> right yeah
2: okay. right so um and then quickly um we got a new doctor um who was recommended family friend anyway who said uh this is you there are other options that we had never heard about and all of a sudden there were two different drug options and you know it was a it had been a month to get to that doctor and it was like wait we're we're not at the end there's more so there were options that had never been conveyed to anybody so then we did that for a few
1: years yeah, and he, he has always responded extremely well to treatment um mm-hmm. and so you know these were new i mean and, and he his his response would be longer; it would work longer than the normal quote average or whatever. Oh, so he okay. then got different, newer treatments, and I think that a lot of that just had to do with the advancement in medical technology. And, and it cost fifteen years specifically yeah, that he had it. Yeah.
2: So it was anywhere from once a month to once every three months that I would go, and and I would go with them to these doctor's appointments and. Um, And, and every, and that, that lasted, you know, for a long time and it was hard for me, but I knew they would be so stressed out and, and I, I stopped um, driving to them because for me being in the car by myself was kind of a trigger. So I would take the train, you know, and, and get myself a special coffee and muffin and just kind of, it was a day of it, you know, how far um, away
0: were they from
2: where you lived? So the tra- it was about an hour train ride. Okay. And then they would pick me up and then we would drive to the hospital for the appointment and they would, and every single time it would be just this stressful car ride. They knew exactly, this is the hospital they'd been going to their whole life, but we would turn the wrong way. They would get lost. They would be arguing. Somebody Mm. would need a latte. (laughs) I mean, it was just, and so I would save up like things to talk about because to focus focus them and yeah. yeah, And about the kids. But then it was like this weird shift where after 15 minutes, my dad would really need to focus on. And by the way, we got to the doctor's appointments 45 minutes early. Oh my God, okay. So, I mean, this is a whole, it's a process. And so, you know, and and I would have to entertain them for about 35 minutes with stories about my children or Eric or me or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then there'd be a shift and be like, okay, what are we gonna tell the doctor? And my mom would bring out her clipboard Mm-hmm. And she'd start saying a bunch of stuff that would drive my dad crazy. And he'd be like, no, that this, this is what I want to talk about.
0: Mm-hmm. And,
2: and I would be needing to kind of balance that and, 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 pull pieces from either side. And, and parts of it were, it was just like, I started to understand the relationship in a, in a different way. Um, and so p- parts of that was insightful and parts of it I was like I don't want to be here. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm a marriage counselor mm-hmm. between my parents right yeah. now. Wow. And they have a loving marriage. Mm-hmm. They really do. But they've been together a long time and they they are weird. And they each have their own roles. Yeah. Right, they, really. <laughs> and all of a sudden I was like the interpreter and the navigator and the and um yeah. I don't know it's I I don't think there's anything that could have been done differently about that but somebody had to be there because then you would revisit things that with them and with the rest of the family of information being lost and information being remembered and and it was a lot of information Mm -hmm. like a lot
0: um a lot of bandwidth was required on your part yes
2: yeah Yeah. And so every um, New Year's, I think to myself, okay, this is a year my dad's going to die. And I'm going to like be there and I can do this, you know? And then like around July or June or May or whatever, I'd be like, well, he's not dying this year. And I'm like distracted and shit's going down. and, Mm -hmm. And now I'm doing this and I'm doing that project. And I would kind of forget like that that was supposed to be my, my goal or my focus or whatever, it would fall by the wayside, you know, and then like come into the, um, winter months would often when he would start a new problem would crop up and it would be like, okay, this is, this is going to be our last Christmas together. This is going to be, you know, and then, and I'd, I'd make that resolution and I would dig deep and then it would be like, another year and things would and it was just like groundhog day it was just crazy until i was almost numb um and so about a year i see so at this point my my timeline is really off when i started chemo but about a year and a half ago yeah things were bad again and my firstborn was going off to college and i was like okay i need a tattoo (laughs) Because, I mean, I'm 48, okay? Like, this this is how I need to go get a tattoo. Because if I can get a tattoo, I can do anything. Sure. And, and my husband hates tattoos, okay? And I thought I had told him I was getting a tattoo, but apparently I didn't. Really convey that, so my family was a little bit shocked. My I, I came home with tattoo. I didn't even know
1: she had a tattoo, and I looked at her feet one time last. Like you have a t- you have tattoos on your toes. Yeah.
2: She's like oh yeah. I was like oh okay. yeah yeah. So I don't know. I clearly mean,
1: she did it for herself. I did. No it, one else. No. And that's and that's exactly who you should get a tattoo for.
2: Yes. Yeah. I I realized later when I stopped breastfeeding my third my baby. Um, I went out and got my belly button pierced. Okay. (laughs) I do have a habit, I guess, of doing something kind of off. I mean, I don't drink, I don't smoke, like I am boring. Yeah. But I I do have kind of a reaction of a a need to like make something physical and something permanent um, when I need to mark some milestones and when I'm shifting gears to it and I need to do something kind of challenging, Um, yeah. So I, I, I reminded my husband about the belly button for years when he was confused about the tattoo. Which <laughs> I don't I don't know that the logic flowed for him. But so when we were um, growing up, we always said the Desiderata and it's a poem. And my dad had us, mem- we memorized it with him. And it's like, we said it at our weddings. We've said it at the births of our children. And um, one of the, my favorite passages is that, um, you're a child of the universe no less than the trees and the stars and whether or not it is clear to you no doubt the universe is unfolding as it should mm. so I had to go get a no doubt tattoo which is a little bit hard to explain it's not for Gwen Stefani yeah
1: you might appreciate it though.
2: but it was my reminder of like things are happening the way they're supposed to happen. And as a woman, um, I, I shouldn't, I don't, we doubt ourselves too much. Yeah. And um, that was something I said to my daughter a lot when she was um, at that first big milestone of applying to colleges and thinking about her future. And I would say no doubt that no doubt the universe un- is unfolding as it should became no doubt for us. Mm. So um, yeah. It's so good. Yeah. So that, so I guess, you know, we each deal with things in our own way. Uh, about six months later, that wasn't quite finished. I would get a second tattoo. <laughs> <So> <laughs> that kind of completed it, but that's, that's different anyway. Um, so, yeah. So I knew that we were getting closer because stuff was starting to get more intense with him. And I, and I knew that it was, it was coming, but again, like last year, it was like, this is a year. And I mean, we made it the whole year.
1: Yeah. You know,
2: and he did all these clinical trials and he he just he's a fighter and he wanted to keep going and fighting and going. And um, but he also about a year ago, I started thinking he's not my dad so much anymore. Mm. Like the the cancer had kind of taken over his his existence like what they could do things he loved you know it, he just couldn't do projects anymore he couldn't it was just you know it was so there was a slippage there but you know we, but they were still happy but it was getting harder for me to understand why he was making some of the medical choices he was making
1: um because they did start to have a huge physical impact yes. on him
2: yeah, he got nephrostomy tubes because his bladder had tumors and his kidneys were shutting down, and so you know you can't sw- swim anymore. You can't you know you can't shower easily, and you have to have bandages changed, and the tubes have to be exchanged every twelve weeks, and it's a lot. So mm-hmm. I I I had driven him to. Not those different appointments when my mom was traveling or something. And, and I could see the toll it would take on him to, to gear up and, and go and to be picked up and stuff like that. But it was all, you know, it was what they seemed to want.
1: Well, and, you know, he would also um, think about these other medical procedures that, like, for you know, his eyesight because. Oh, he wanted cataract <laughs> surgery because you know and we're like really is that that really a priority right now I don't know and we're all thinking what what okay you can you know let's just work on this right now and not yeah so there was like
2: he was such a forward thinker all the time he was such a doer such a planner um sometimes I worried that he wasn't enjoying the moments Mm -hmm. but that like energy like carried him so much further than he was supposed to go like he and it really um I'm going to jump ahead here for a second but I had this thought on Wednesday of last week when I had to leave I mean I wanted to leave but I had to make myself leave him and I knew that I might not see him again and I was you know making the beds and and getting things. And I thought to myself, it's exhausting to live life at 110% where you like push yourself so hard, but that's what my dad gave me. Like, and every day I get up and I push myself so hard and sometimes to the detriment of what I'm trying to accomplish, but the flip side was that I have a sense of peace about the world and I know, truly know that there is like nothing else I could have done at the end of every day. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I often can't sleep which I also got from my dad because I'm, I'm thinking about what's next but I know that I kicked ass that day. I, I'm never lying in bed regretting that day Mm-hmm. I, I just can't sleep about for what I need to do tomorrow, and so my drove away. I just thought that's that you've given me peace because I, I know I did it, and like here, the way I live on Earth, I, I and I know, and I knew for him, he was at peace because mm-hmm. that's how he lived, and so I didn't feel bad for him even though, you know, it, we weren't quite at the end, but I, I knew, so, so anyway, I can't even remember why I jumped to that, but I just remember having that thought. And um, I think that because when they, they exhausted every medical option they could, mm-hmm. that um, it was easier for them to go into hospice. In fact, the day I, we got the phone call, I was, so then it switched, you know, COVID pandemic, protocols, all the appointments are now virtual, right? And so I'm on a conference call with the doctor and I'm at the dog park. And I had purposely gone to the dog park because I knew it was going to be a bad phone call because I knew he was bad. Like I didn't, it wasn't official yet, but I knew he was bad. Yeah. And I wanted to be somewhere my happy place and distracted and, um, and so when his, doc, his doctor, he had such a good care team at Kaiser and his doctor talked them through it in a way that even though I had been there all along, I don't think I could have done. And, and she said the thing that he needed to hear, which was just that I know hospice sounds scary and, and I, have to, I have to tell you, I don't want there to be any confusion. You know This means you meet the criteria that you are not going to live longer than three months. Mm -hmm. Like, I I don't want there to be any misunderstanding. She said, but I have found that often when my patients move from, um, you know, uh, fighting the disease to hospice that they often live longer when we're just treating your symptoms then we are fighting the disease. And all the work you've done to fight this disease might actually be shortening your life. Wow. And that was, I was like, you, and I said to her, like, we are so blessed. I'm like, when you have a bad day, please remember like the lives that you have touched and changed. And like our family is so grateful for the care that you've given him and us because she was just a really phenomenal doctor.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: so. But to that point, so my parents who have been so, my mom researched and, and, and read articles and talked to people and he went to UC Davis and UCSF and Kaiser and just really like cutting edge, anything. They did not understand, in my opinion, what hospice meant.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: They had no idea. And I think you can understand a definition and not understand a reality. So mm-hmm. they were not stupid, but when they, dis- and so then you know, we hung up with the doctor and we had the debate about, well, where are you gonna be? Are you gonna be in Berkeley? Are you gonna be up at the cabin, like the pros and cons? And, and I just said, they're, they're equal and I will support wherever and, you know, cause there's a remote location and, but then there's where he's happiest. Mm-hmm. And the challenges of a remote location balanced with where he's happiest. And then also the remote location is actually easier for the rest of us, honestly. Right. right. But harder for the medicine part.
1: Yes, definitely. And
2: then we wanted to make sure my mom had a place to leave too. that was somewhere that was more about her and which of course, none of that's actually what's happening. <laughs> so <laughs> whatever <laughs> you know but it was just and I just said I support you guys you know and they they seemed like they were really thinking about it but
1: no no, no. And, well I feel like there's a couple of key really important things that you should be discussing about in hospice that are really difficult conversations mm-hmm. that they didn't have and that mm-hmm. during when he was actually physically dying made it more difficult to deal with. But I just don't think they could have had those conversations. And, you know, I mean, was it right or wrong? No, I mean, it was what it was and we had to deal with it. But, you know, gonna be some discussions that I'm gonna have with
0: my husband going forward. Yeah, definitely. So. Um, what were What were the things
1: well you know and the, um the one of the big ones was um well there was a couple things so when i go came ahead. i came up um go guys come on here go. Watch guys, come here. sorry dog <laughs> the big dog <laughs> um i came up here on january 1st and he was you know throwing up Constantly and retching and spitting up just like bile and so one of the things that I would i mean that they didn't talk about and my mom kept wanting to feed him and I kept thinking why are we giving him more food it just puts him in this he's just his body is rejecting it and it just every time he did it I just felt like it was so intense, you know, why are we making him go through that? So, and I feel like they didn't have that discussion and it's hard, you know, because she'd been trying to feed him for so long, you know, and trying to get him to eat for, you know, the last year that helped, you know, maintaining his eating health was so important. And all of a sudden it was totally different. And so I think the whole eating thing was, it was super difficult.
2: hard for, my mom to catch up because Mm, he had some real shifts in his health status well i feel like it went really quickly actually i just mean even like from (laughs) yes you know you've Uh, got to eat you're losing weight to then a total shift of like you can't you can't eat a lot of food it makes you too, you need to have liquid foods and these kind. I mean, there was just, it, it was just, by the time you'd figure one thing out, it, totally it was on to the next yeah. thing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So,
1: so that was a big one. And then the other big one, when he was completely incapacitated and unable to talk was whether or not we were giving him ice mm-hmm. and whether or not that was, And we had all agreed that that nobody wanted to prolong his life, but you know, my mom's deal was she wanted to provide him comfort and, you know, when needed. And that was a really, I think that's a big decision and discussion that, you know, should be talked about what the person actually wants. Ultimately, I feel like we got it right, but I just, it was really hard. And I think that it, it was just hard for them to have those conversations beforehand, but it was, it's even harder to have it in the middle of it. That, so that's, that's really it. As hard as you think the conversation is to
2: have right now, it only gets harder. Yeah. And then it's more people involved, right? For so many reasons, it's yeah. harder. And then if they're gone, I think it would be awful. If we were trying to, um, you know, diagnose what we had done, if we had regret, regrets and still confusion and misunderstanding the stress level from from that would I think just color the rest of your life Mm. so it literally only gets harder and harder to have those discussions yeah definitely yeah so now we can laugh about the ice because we we were able to get through it right but if we hadn't been able to have a, a family conference about ice then I don't know what would be, we wouldn't be laughing about ice now. Yeah. Right. You know, we wouldn't.
0: You know. So by January 1st, when Claire came, things were already.
2: Yeah. So yeah. you, you do. Cannot- I, I skipped a bunch of stuff. Oh, okay. yeah. Go back. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so December 19th was the first time I have ever had to wipe my dad's ass Ugh. and let me tell you that is an experience that you don't really think you're going to have right and it's not that it's even that gross I mean it is gross I mean but I've cleaned up a lot of poop I've got three kids yeah two dogs, two dogs <laughs> some cats the chickens the chicken poop is actually the grossest it's not that it's just you're just standing there and you're like this is <laughs> just this is not the, it's an inversion of your relationship.
0: Yeah.
2: You know, and, um, it, and, and I, my dad and I were kind of laughing, you know, <laughs> he was like, it's your turn. Yeah. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, okay, let's do this, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and he was still like, um, able to move around. So he had a lot of opinions about how we're doing this. You know,
0: okay.
2: and I'm like, yeah, that's kind of working, but I really think we need to just try over here. <laughs> you know, <laughs> maybe this position. I mean, you're just like, this is just, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. And you, yeah, but it's kind of a good, like, a good door. Once you go through that door, it's like, all right, we can. <laughs> We're like, all in go time <laughs> we're all in and and we're doing this you know and come what may um it's happening right and um I I really felt for him at that moment because he could no longer control what was happening in his body and that as a control freak and I know he was too that's like the ultimate in just like I, I didn't want him to despair over that
0: Mm.
2: you know so it's yeah if you like being in control it's really hard to die Mm. because you you give up control Mm. and I'm so glad that he also had that spiritual side to him because I think that allowed him to kind of also be one with what was going on too right you know he, he had like, a, a contentedness. I don't know. I mean, he felt his whole life, right. Mm-hmm. He, he was very, um, yeah, he was, he was good with a lot. I mean, he, he forced a lot, but he was also good with a lot. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so that was December 19th. And then, you know, and the whole time we're like, You know christmas i mean christmas has always been huge for our family and and people are in different places and they can't travel and they just how do you how do you do it
1: yeah
2: i mean but then the the blessing was that people were on vacation Mm -hmm. my kids weren't in school like my husband was around and he could jump in and take care of them you know my daughter was home from college like she could be part of it like There were so many things that happened because of that it was december also that like i'm so grateful to um that i don't know that i would change any of that but the the that week of christmas was one of the worst weeks of my life i mean i i would go to bed at night and just cry
0: yeah
2: and there was nothing my husband could do you know because I could get through the day and I could get through all the stuff that had to happen, but I would get under the covers at night and just cry. And he'd have to sit there next to me. <laughs>
1: you know. She's at
2: it again. Yeah, he's like,
1: here we go. You know.
2: And but I mean, you know, yeah. thanks, honey. <laughs> But yeah, so it's, it was almost a month once from when he went on hospice to when he passed. But one of the things
1: that I think is also really important to talk about is, you know, we're all trying, we know this is coming. We don't know exactly when we're trying to get together yet. We're trying to be follow all the COVID guidelines and not do crazy stuff. And we're all stressed about different things and we're not getting together. And We are, you know, and so we, I think that was something that was stolen from us to have us all be together because I, I drove down for Thanksgiving and we all kind of quarantined here, but my sister didn't come out. And honestly, I didn't want her to because I was worried about the what was going on in New York and to have um, her bringing whatever, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then I, but then she came out in December, yet I could, I didn't come down in December. And so, I mean, I just, it, it, all yeah. of them, it was, they were really meaningful and I think they had, everyone, you know, had a good time and was able to, to we had some really good moments, but I do, and even with how everything has panned out for the last 11 days, mm-hmm. You know, I, think, I think, think all of us have connected and been able to stay in, be able to be there as an emotional support for everybody, mm-hmm. but we haven't actually all been physically together, yeah. which, you know, just, that's hard. Yeah. So I do feel like that. And honestly, I also feel so grateful that we have this space it's outside that, that there's a lot of outdoor area where we can go when there's not a lot of people and so we were able to still go through his his condition and death in on our own terms whereas other people don't have that luxury right now yeah and so that i'm just so so grateful for anyway yeah well that's that's privilege yeah yeah you're absolutely right that is privilege
2: yeah and I think that's something lots of people have struggled with in 2020 you know what is your privilege how do you use it and you know what do you do with it so in this case um I was happy to have it (laughs) yeah um but We're now, I mean, I just was struck by like, what if you don't have health insurance and you decide to go on hospice and nobody's sending you five boxes of diapers and wipes and chucks that just show up at your doorstep from FedEx,
0: Mm.
2: you know, we had so many deliveries of things that felt like impossible to get, but the fact is we had health insurance to get them at all, right? You know, and, and one point my mom said, the people, you know, because we there was
1: a hospital bed delivered, there was oxygen delivered. You and know. when it happened, we were, it was able to come. I mean,
2: and my mom's like, they're so nice, and my
1: daughter says,
2: well, there's a little bit more writing on this than an Amazon delivery. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You know, but I also felt at the same time, just entirely, and granted, I was only here for not even three full days, but I felt entirely unprepared to be providing this kind of service. Hmm. Right. I mean, there was a point when we, I mean, I questioned every single night when I would go to bed and wake up in the middle of the night, if we were doing the right thing every single night. Like, because he, when I was there, he was just, he would writhe in pain and Mm -hmm. he just was uncomfortable. And it was so hard to see him just, and and I was like, I I don't know what to do. And I always know
2: I'm right. And I still was like,
1: what the fuck are we doing? (laughs) (laughs) Well, there was one point when Joy had called because we were trying, because honestly it went so quickly, right? He went from being able to kind of monitoring his own medication and taking a a morphine pill to Mm -hmm. then not, I mean, I would just see him have that pill in his hand and, and he just would like psych himself up to try and take it and try to swallow it. Swallow it he would, you know, and the other little pill for cramping, that one was okay, but he would just try to psych him up. And then he was throwing up so much. I was like, is that thing even getting in there? And is that staying? And then, so it was like, is he getting the medication that he needs? So then we switched to the liquid morphine, but then it was, you can't give it to him as frequently. So you're having to do his whatever dosage differently. And then there was one point where we called to try and see how much we could give him. And Joy found out that we could do 10 to to 30 milligrams or something, and I looked at the thing and I was like, what? We've been giving it 0.25. Like, I had a moment of sheer panic. Like, are you kidding me? And then I realized it was just a units thing. That it was the <laughs> milliliters, like it had on, on the syringe, the milliliters and the milligrams on the other side. And I was like, oh. And my dad was just like, nobody come near me. So you guys square this away. <laughs> I was like, yes, we I mean, It was just like, what the hell? And we, you know, just like little things like that that just question everything that I felt like we, and it was changing so quickly that, you know, it, and I also feel like, because it happened over the holidays, while the the nurse was still coming once a week, his hospice, the hospice service wasn't actually coming mm. the full three times a week. So yeah. Yeah. that was kind of challenging. We That's, had four visits. Yeah, so <laughs> that, they were, I think- he In really, the month. Yeah. Mm. yeah,
2: so that made it. Because the, the, the slots were Tuesdays and Fridays. And then it, exactly. and Friday was Christmas, and then Friday was New, New Year's, Year's, and yeah. Yeah. So he was only being seen once a week instead of three times a week.
1: Mm. Yeah. So when we, when I got there on the first, he went from going from his chair and to bed every day to then us getting a bed and him not being able to get out of it to him like talking with me and saying some funny things that didn't necessarily make sense, but fully conversing. And, mm-hmm. you know, I remember there was at one point and I'm wearing a, you know, N95 mask in their house. And at one point he said something and I kind of made a funny face. Cause I was like, what is he talking about? And he goes, don't look like that. That look <laughs> didn't get past me. And I was like, oh, sorry. sorry. <laughs> you know, but yet one time he told me, he's like, I just thought you should know your breath stinks. <laughs> he's like, you you I just thought you would want to know. And I was like, Hmm. it's like Papa I'm I don't think you can smell my breath through this mask and he goes huh you're probably right it's probably my own breath (laughs) (laughs) just like little weird things like that That was but and then when I left he had this like resurgence of activity of energy to see Mm. his neighbors that he loves and to see my sister's kids and then the next day to not being able to like talk and totally incoherent yeah Mm -hmm. and it was just and uh, you know and we're trying and then yet that morning this was very defining for me is the nurse came and saw him and said his vitals are really strong his vitals have not changed you could go this for three more weeks yes yes so that's yeah so i'm like like holy crap how are we going to be able to survive the logistics alone and and we're trying to get help to, you know, aid help to come in every single day, but we haven't gotten that sorted out and they won't, and they're not coming on the weekends. And so how is it gonna physically work with who's gonna cover what and Emily's coming in and then Joy can come back and then, but Joy can't come the next weekend. So, okay, I'm not gonna, I was gonna go down the next weekend, but really I'm gonna change it to the weekend after that. And remember Joy saying to me, you know, this could really be that we need to prepare for a marathon and not a sprint you know i'm like well this is a really fucked up race because guess what they don't tell you don't you're kind of preparing for it for your whole life but yet you don't know when it's going to happen and you they don't tell you what kind of race it is and by the way you have to do it while crying and with the mask on i mean it's just like it's really intense you know and i just i remember feeling after i left that um you know, I just needed to be there emotionally for both of my sisters, because it was, I remember being there and it was so stressful and mm-hmm. just, you know, we were able to get release by talking to each other about what was going on and and just talking about what was going to happen, you know, just making those decisions sometimes are really hard and being able to talk to someone about mm-hmm. it. And, um, but it's hard to be fully engaged when you're, you know, a thousand miles away. Right. Yeah. So.
0: And your timing and yeah. You
1: know. and phone calls and anyway, but it, yeah. And, and then, you know, Emily called me one time after joy left, just absolutely sobbing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. Okay. What's going on? You know and she's like i can't do this and i was like okay you can do this and i said have you been outside today and she said i've been inside for 48 hours and I was oh. like, get your get your shoes on right now and she's like but it, i was like you're going outside we're going to go on a walk together and yeah. she's like but it's raining and i was like i don't care <laughs> if it's raining get your shoes on do i have to wear socks <laughs> i was like no you don't you don't actually have to wear socks just get shoes on and i got her outside and we had been talking for and so they bit. texted a picture of her get up and i texted back like is this cabin
2: fever what's happening yeah.
1: she's like she's having a breakdown i sent her outside so then she calls in and i merge her in and then we talk for the next like 20 to 30 minutes about you know just getting her through it, but you know, it's just, I'm like, you've got to. And, and, and then she was able to ask a friend of hers to come up, which I think she just felt like she would have support then. But I was just at that point, and of course, if I had known my dad was going to die in 36 hours, of course I would have been down there, but it's like, I don't exactly know what's going to happen. You know, I, 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 and so I need to be available for the next stage as well, you know, but mm-hmm you know, so I'm trying to provide as much support as I can from afar, but anyway, it's hard. I mean, and she obviously had a totally different experience than, you know, what I had, because she showed up to my dad, just not really talking that much Mm -hmm. to her, you know, so.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think, I think I had the last, like, Basically coherent conversation with him
0: mm.
2: on Monday morning, where there was a true um, give and take as to what was going on. It didn't make complete sense, but you know, it was. And then, then the guessing started after that. But I, I and Emily was on an airplane, and Claire was at home, and I was texting them both. And I just, you know, I said to him like, "What are we doing? Why?" Like, cause I felt like I should tell him that he should go, Mm. you know, and, but I had been kind of scared to have that conversation with him. And I also was a little bit worried about, isn't my place to have that conversation.
0: Mm.
2: But once again, I'm like, I don't want to have any regrets at the end of today. And if, if, if this is, has anything to do with me, I need to make sure. So I said, you know, what what, what are we doing here? What, this doesn't seem like living. This doesn't seem fun. And he said, it's not fun.
0: Mm, wow.
2: Well, you know, wh- why? And he said, I don't know. And I was like, well, figure your shit out. You an answer? <laughs> <laughs> It'd be good if I understood why we were doing this. And he said, I'm not ready yet. Oh. And I said, what are you waiting for? <laughs> you know, like really, what are we waiting for? And um, previously uh, over the weekend when he was jabbering on, he said, I'm, I'm waiting for January um, 21st. And I was like, <sighs> "That January 25th is my husband's birthday. So I'm like, Eric's birthday? Okay. <laughs> And he, then he's like, and I realized he was talking about the inauguration. Oh, he wow. wanted Biden to be president.
0: Oh my gosh!
2: And I was like, that's why we're, they're we're certifying
0: like, on January fifth. Like, <laughs> like, that's a good
1: date. <laughs>
2: I mean, then what went down on like January 6th was like, I thought, oh my God, I'm so glad he's like, you know, um, completely catatonic now because that's not, that wouldn't have been a good thing for him to know about. But he probably did know about it, but I just, in a really like vivid way, I'm glad Mm -hmm. it was kind of in probably a muted way Um, because he, and he said, okay, January 5th, maybe. And I was like, once they certify Papa, it's good. Yeah. So so I thought maybe he was still, you know, and then and he said, I don't know. And I'm like, okay. And then he said, but I'm I'm not ready and, and I, I gotta talk to Shakespeare and there's some dogs over there. And then he like <laughs> passed out. And so I texted Emily that um, and Emily said, I know I'm the spoiled third child, but tell him he's gotta wait for me. Oh wow. And I said, Okay. Papa, you gotta wait for Emily. (laughs) She says to wait for her.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: You know? So and I know, I know he got that. I mean, he didn't respond at that point, but I knew I knew he had that. Mm -hmm. So and and I think it's clear that he was hanging around for my mom. Mm. Because my mom was not ready.
1: Yeah. I mean, I definitely I when I left him on last Sunday. You know, I gave him a hug and I said, you know, it's okay to let go, Papa. And, and I said, "We'll take care mom. And he just looked at me with confusion and it wasn't confusion about what I was saying. It was confusion about why I was saying it because he was mm-hmm. not, he was not there yet. He was not, yeah, he was not ready. So there were like these interesting phases that he went through where
2: the weekend, like he, you know seven like if you do seven days from like normal to dead because that was his gibberish about you know December 31st feet on the ground January 1st feet, feet up, feet up. Yeah. and uh he he went from being in horrible pain and really understanding what was happening um to being like k- kind of cuckoo mm mm-hmm. To not being in any pain, but totally out of it, not on pain medication, not asking for it. Wow. But just like, and then, and I said to my husband, like, he's having a great time. He is like in his mind, having all kinds of wacko conversations with Shakespeare and whoever, and he's not going anywhere like he's enjoying this. Mm. So I dug deep to try to enjoy it with him because Mm. I was not enjoying it. I was not enjoying, I mean, previously I was the only person who he would let change him and I could only change him once a day. And then finally the nurse said, it needs to be twice a day. And at which point I was like, look, I'm not yes. and I'd have to give him a foot rub to like and finally I'm like I, I tell my children I don't negotiate with terrorists.
1: Why am I negotiating be like with no you? no there's nothing going on down there. We don't need to do that. He's like no nope, I'm good. I'm good. And I'm like no there is stuff going on down there. He's like how do you
2: know? I'm like I've seen it. It's there stuff is going down. And then one day he said i said we have to change you every 24 hours this is just he goes it's not well we got pl- we got four hours to go it's not noon yet like oh god
1: he did not like it. he did
2: not like it yeah so so i did not like it i mean it was it, it hurt him it, mm. it had nothing to do with embarrassment it was painful right. and he had blood clots it was painful he, it was you know So, but he was no longer in pain and it was just like, what is happening? And and his brain was somewhere else. And then by Wednesday, he was in pain again. Mm. And, but his mind for me, it was not in his body anymore. It was up in the trees. It was with the ospreys. It was, you know floating around I mean it might have still been here but it was not in his body and so that's the other reason why I was able to walk away on Wednesday is that I knew he wasn't in pain right and um his body in my opinion was on autopilot Mm -hmm. the lungs were working the heart was working well I I just kept but but I mean it wasn't of his volition It was just, it was a system and the system was going to keep going.
1: I kept thinking, I can remember thinking it's really hard to kill someone. I mean, it's really hard. Yeah, it takes a long time to die. It takes a really long time.
2: Even though this happened over the course of a week for all, I mean, 16 years and a week. Right. Uh, So you just, there's just different ways that you have to deal with each of those phases. Well, and one,
1: one thing is I you know, there was so much stress and emotion and some of it is really ugly, you know, like looking at his feet that are swollen and they're hot and they, you know, they don't feel good and they're hurting him and, or him just writhing in pain or him not being able to respond. And, you know, it's just, it's so difficult yet the whole time there's so many different acts of love and compassion that it actually mm-hmm. is quite beautiful. You know, I mean, it's- it was. One
2: time he was like there, I was sitting with him and I was holding his hand and he woke up he goes, what's happening? And I said, holding your hand, <laughs> nothing. He goes, oh, feels good. <laughs> okay. And he goes, okay, 20 minutes, we're gonna do it. Wake me up at 15 <laughs> and then he's <just> back out.
1: <laughs> I was like, I don't know what's happening in 20 minutes but I'm gonna read my book. <laughs> I guess I'll wake him in 15, <laughs> like I, you know, he was still like yeah, doing. Well, and just so just I've realized that so many different small things that beyond our small family unit with everyone, just with Emily's friend that came up for the day and our neighbors who have done <laughs> far more than any neighbor neighbor should should, ever have to do plus plus i mean it's just so many little things and you know one of the things that i when i was there i read um i read an email from his sister and of course i couldn't get through it without crying but yeah
2: so my sister had this great idea that (laughs) that people from our childhood should send messages and anybody 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 from his and so she sent out a mass email and this is this is her contribution from afar and so we we're getting all these incredible emails
1: incredible emails yeah
2: but guess who has to read them out loud
1: they're really hard even now we've read through some of them i was like yo go try to read that at dinner and see if you can do without crying but they also just make you smile it's just like i don't don't care i still love the email i'm like okay (laughs) great well it out you want to put them in a book. So good idea. But like, but like those people took that time. Yeah. Out of and they, it. and they were part of it. They helped. Yes, they really did. Because yeah. that was something that you could give him that, that he could receive in his state. Mm-hmm. And because the hearing was kind of all he was capable of, you know, and mm-hmm. so they were, you know, they're invaluable in my mind. So.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah there was one point over the weekend where we're trying to get him, you know, it's the two hour lead up to getting changed. And, uh, and the hospital bed's not there yet. And so we're like, fine, you know, when the hospital bed arrives, like then we're going to change you and move you and stuff. And, and he's like, okay. And my mom had come into the the bedroom and Claire was there and, and, and she, she was going to go on a run and, my mom was going to go work out too in the other room and I was going to sit with him. And, uh, and he's, and so my mom lies down next to him and he's like, why is she so far away? And she said, I'm not dear. I'm here. And she put her her hand out and he grabbed it. And I was like, oh, you know, it was so sweet. Hmm. Um, But (laughs) he goes, okay, so she's going to take a nap.
1: I'm going to eat I, I don't Some know. Ice. I'm just I'm he's like, I'm just I don't exactly remember what he said. It was
2: and he goes you know. and and he points at Claire and goes, she's gonna go swimming.
1: And then we leave <laughs> and Claire's like, Do I wanna go swimming? <laughs> I was like, Yeah, go get that river. <laughs> like he processed that everyone was gonna do something. And he was and he, and he laughed. laughed. Yeah. And he's and like all started laughing, right? When he said <laughs> it. And then he started laughing and then
2: and then he said, he said, just don't go far. I need to know where somebody is every 15 minutes or it's scary. Mm, wow. And I said, okay, I said, I'm gonna go get my book and I'm gonna sit here on the floor, you know, and, and I'm not far, I, I, am, I am here every, yeah. A different point, I was um, doing some sit-ups on the floor and uh, my daughter walked in and was like, what are you doing? <laughs> and, I said, I, and I said, I'm going to do sit-ups. And my dad was like, you should do one for me.
1: <laughs> I was like, okay, I'll
2: do one for you. Wait, go. And I was like, I should probably do one for my husband. <laughs> and then and Maren walks in and Maren's like, hey, put me on that list. <laughs> I was like, all right, one for Maren,
1: one for Joy,
2: one for, you know, so yeah, yeah, it was it's just you there's there's a lot you can do on the bedside on the floor (laughs) (laughs) gotta be creative (laughs) yeah but the other the the other part back to like um all those decisions that you're just doubting and questioning and trying to figure it out and you're confused and because a lot of times when you're given the information you don't need it at that point Mm-hmm. and then you need it later and just specifically about different drugs that help in different ways and understanding the dosing and the appropriateness and stuff like that and so um Wednesday morning when he was in pain again and we were we were back to de- debating should we put this fentanyl patch on him or not um you know my, my Emily was talking and, and I looked and I said you know what? I just I, I think we're looking for zebras but they're just you know it's just horses and she's like, "I gotta." But what are you talking about? I need to get the tea. But like, what? And I'm like, it's just horses, M. Yeah. And she's like, "What are you talking about?" And so I explain this this like medical idiom that you know, horses and zebras—they have four legs. They're the exact same animal, you know, but one is striped and exotic. And a lot of times in medicine, you know, you're looking for that, like, you know, the, the bizarre reason, you know, the exotic disease with the treatment that's like the miracle, miracle cure and Mm -hmm. whatever. And I'm sure I'm getting this wrong. My husband can fix that later, but, and it's just horses, you know, it's just dying. There's, there's no magic. Until there's no you just you do the best you can and and it's just it's just what it is yeah. it, and you do your best you know and and you know that that you love them and they love you I mean um maybe before it really went downhill and I was helping my dad at one point he said okay just just to just for you know just know I'm grateful yeah I just just a blanket thank you <laughs> i said i know papa like i know what's in your heart it's like okay because you know i i can't say it every time <laughs> oh, it's fine i got you i was like i got you I, I i know you're grateful i know you're thankful
1: right like so that's how you get through it yeah yeah and and i think that you know i've struggled a little bit with um just, and I think Emily has some with, with some of the suffering that he went through. And I've just kind of come to this realization that, you know what, he was a strong guy and he went through pain and suffering through raising all of us at different points in his life and Mm -hmm. different parts of his life. And I, these minutes of suffering, he would still wouldn't want it any other way. I mean, we were all at his side at different moments, you know? And so I think that he knew that and that's really what matters. So that's how I'm processing. So at one point on, after you were
2: gone, Claire, Claire called me and she's like, they're so weird, but like talking about our parents, but like they, they did it right. And I'm afraid I'm not doing it right. And like, they're so wacko, but they did it so right. With their kids just with life, yeah, with their kids, with, with each other. Yeah. You know, the whole thing. Yeah. And, and it was like, Oh God, you're right. You know, like, I don't know that I'm doing this right. Like, but if they can get it right,
1: why the hell can't we? We can get it right. To- <laughs> I mean, we
2: also had a moment where Emily and I, you know, that like the tabs on the diapers is me so much easier, you know, not the pull-up, but the tabs this is me life-changing. And so my sister and I are changing him together. And finally I've got help, right? Like this is no problem. We're trying to put this diaper on him at bedtime and he couldn't really participate at that point, mm-hmm. but he was still in pain and we're trying, and, and it's just a disaster, I mean, the diaper's in the wrong place. It's just, we're we're rolling and rolling and we're just like, we can't roll them again. It's too, and I was like, no hospice is coming tomorrow. We just put another diaper on the front.
1: (laughs) Nobody will see this. (laughs) Nobody will know that the poor man is wearing two diapers. We'll just tape them (laughs) together. He would would actually appreciate that it was half a yoder off. It's just like, you're right. Yeah, it was definitely (laughs) half a yoder off. (laughs) It's
2: like, and then we both look at each other and we're like, we are, we have raised, diapered, three babies. Each. 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 This, should, we're like, you just pull, you know, I mean, this is just, but when you can't pull up the legs and but it, it's really, and it was just like, oh my God, why can't we do this?
1: Well, that's why I think that, you know, had we not been in the holiday season, having a hospice person there to kind of ask for technique, I don't know.
2: I, they, I had been told about the rolling roll, roll, half fold, roll uh, it was just, anyway, it was just so funny. We thought, well, I'm like, well, it's, he was just, he was long. He weighed nothing, but he was really long. There are a lot of limbs. They're going everywhere. (laughs) But yeah, we just thought, well, I'm like, this is, so then the other, my other moment, like my Oprah aha moment was on Friday morning. Again, I'm driving the dog park because Mm -hmm. I got to deal with the dog and I can just kind of walk around and be on the phone there and my family can't hear me because you know my kids were still in school and I didn't really want them to know what was going on but of course they did Mm -hmm. um anyway and uh I I called my Claire and I was like this is what I figured out and she's like what and I was like we are kick ass like we are amazing women, like we are badasses. <laughs> and that's not just a lie that I tell myself every morning. Like it's true. And she's like, okay. And I'm like, no, it really is true. Like I, I'm i pretty sure I always kind of thought I was lying but it was like fake news. Just if you keep doing roll it, it, roll with it. And I get, but I just thought we did that. We got him where he needed to go in the way he needed to get there like and i include my mom in that you know Mm -hmm. like you are stronger than you you really are as strong as you think you are and you really can accomplish things i mean it's a team effort right Mm -hmm. like maybe all together we make one really strong i was like you've got to remember this you've got to remember what you were able to do Mm -hmm you know, like there were, there were points where it was super hard, but like, I, I'm just glad that we were able to do it. I mean, the other part of me was like, I do not ever want to do that again. You know, even though we would be much better at it the second time. uh, Yeah. I, the people who do this regularly, they really are amazing.
1: They are are special special people yeah
2: yeah because they had like just a calming presence and demeanor and like yeah that's that's a that's a calling for sure so
0: the three of you have such a strong dynamic together and that is not something that every family has. How, yeah. I mean, what do you think attributes to that? Do you think it's how you were raised or?
2: We were talking the other night and my mom said, who do you think the disciplinarian was? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't know, you. And she's like, no, it wasn't me. <laughs> and i said papa and she's like no he had no rules and claire was like well i was emily's disciplinarian
1: so I- honestly I don't know what it was
2: we grew up in Berkeley in this like you know time and space right where there was a preschool our our backyard was a preschool the neighbors banded together and hired a teacher Mm -hmm. and like you know kind of pawned off the child-rearing duties to this professional that they hired but then like at the same time let them run loose and free range so it was like this weird like we care enough to structure this and to to pay a teacher, but we also all know that we are not teachers and we're we're not gonna be engaged with you that way. And we're gonna engage with you in a different way. And we're gonna let you do whatever you want for quite a bit, but at the same time, we recognize that you um, need to have school or a place that you come home to after school.
1: You know, I also actually think um, that, my parents there, and this is kind of silly, but they, when they went to Mexico one year and they got, they bought nice. a timeshare and they came home and we were all like flabbergasted. <laughs> like, are you kidding? Do we need power paternity? This <laughs> is the stupidest <laughs> purchase you have ever made. Like what, you did what? And then for the next 10 years, we all went on vacation together. And so even though we're each living in really very different parts of the country. And sometimes in different countries, we're getting together with our kids and our kids love each other and hanging out together and we're getting to spend that time together. And so in retrospect, it was absolutely brilliant because we wanted to go with them mm. and we, want, we were spending time with each other. So, you know, I think that that definitely adds. And then also, honestly, the cabin is a really special place where we all have such fond memories of, and, and um, we all come here every single year, you know, to spend time together. And we do a lot of the same things and we just hang out. We honestly don't go anywhere. And, you know, I think that's to Morgan's dislike, <laughs> <laughs> Emily's husband, <laughs> but we just hang out. And so that's yeah. like twice a year, We're spending a week with each other and, you know, just having, creating these memories and relationships. And so then when life gets really hard, you can still get through it and laugh together at it and also dig deep and deal, deal with it, you know? So, I don't know, kind of brilliant on there for, don't tell them I said that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, I said to my husband at one point during the last month, like I'm shifting my, my, my goal. Like, I, I think the ultimate, like, you know, when you've like prize is when you can be as dysfunctional and interconnected as my parents are mm-hmm. like, that's, that's a happy marriage, you know, yeah. 54 years or whatever it is. I don't yeah. know and like that's so that that can be our goal and he was like he was <laughs> so like i have to be this <laughs> he's like that's dysfunctional <laughs> and i was like well you can't figure out how to use your atm card so i think we're already there <laughs> you know <laughs> But like, that's okay. Yeah. Like it's well, okay honestly, to let
1: somebody help you. They so. love doing it for each other too. Yeah,
0: uh. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Joy, I think one of the other things that's really impressive is that frequently the person who ultimately becomes that primary family caregiver um, has a really hard time bringing in outside people I mean even though your sisters aren't outside but you know what I mean like calling in the troops or asking for help or saying okay it's time for me to walk away Mm -hmm. and I think that takes a lot of wisdom and strength to know when it's time to do that do you have anything that you can attribute that to I can see that for sure because at one
2: point when Emily was calling me saying, should I come? And I said, <laughs> I don't know. I said, I'm in so deep. I, I can't give you a good assessment of what coming here will do for you. Right. You should call Claire and ask her if coming here and suffering through the weekend, she just suffered through, if it was like w- worth it, y- y- you know? Yeah. Um, cause I just, I can't, I can't tell you, I, I, I recognize that I'm so, um, just my sense of normal is off. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I never had much of a filter and that's gone. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think I, I told my sisters at one point, this is why old people say anything
0: mm-hmm.
2: because when you have lived through losing someone you love, you're like, I don't fucking
0: care about the rest right, of Yeah. It.
2: I, I have been through something that is far more meaningful than social decorum. <laughs> and so I don't care. You know, I just, I really don't care what people think. So. But I do
1: think that Joy, you were okay with setting some boundaries with what you were able to do and the fact that you did need to go home and do some.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So what helped me set those boundaries, probably not super healthy, but for me, I felt, um, I mean, my parents had a pretty epic love Mm
1: -hmm.
2: and my mom had a pretty intense relationship with her siblings and her mother. Mm -hmm. And there were times in my childhood and to now where I felt like um, she chose them over, over me.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: And I'm not saying that that's true, but I felt that way. And so for me, um, making sure that my family didn't feel like I was choosing my parents over them was pretty powerful. So I'm not, I'm not saying that that's healthy, but that, that fear of them feeling that way was propelled me when I, I could do three days with my parents and then I had to, I had to go home. I actually spent six days here. Um, but then I, I, normally I would only do three days Mm -hmm. and then I would go home for three days. Um, because I felt really like, um, just i needed to know that they knew that i that they were being cared for and they know that i love them but i needed my family to have me physically there and physically caring for them i mean i don't think my family needed this but i i needed it and so i think in order to pull yourself out and have those boundaries that are absolutely needed Mm -hmm. um you need to think about the other. Draws and pulls in your life, and and you need to honor those and respect those. And my husband kept saying at different points, "We're okay, honey. We can." It's like, I got takeout down. You know, like, do you want <laughs> Thai or Indian tonight, kids? I mean, they were happy. They did not need me. But, um, and I kept saying, no, I need to be there yeah. making dinner for you guys. Yeah. So that need inside of me, um, whatever the need is for you to me. And I also, I, um, I worked out every day, Okay. even if some days it was sit-ups next to my dad's bed, mm-hmm. but I, cause I knew that that's what I need to kind of, um, And I could tell on the days where I let things slide and I didn't work out till the afternoon or it was kind of a half workout. I tried to be gentle with myself, but I also would make a promise that the next day, no matter what happened, I would not pick up my phone and address something, even if it meant I got up earlier to Mm -hmm. make sure that I had that time to work out first so that I would have the reserve and the energy to um, do whatever needed to be done for them. And, and let's be super clear. Some of this stuff is like impossible. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like, like just, you're just kind of like, I can't believe we managed to pull that together. It takes the same amount of energy and time and space sometimes to do something so simple. It, it, you like yesterday, I kind of said to my mom, because she's giving me a list of people to call, and I said, somehow it took me 45 minutes to make two phone calls yesterday. Mm-hmm. This, these, this doesn't sound like it should be that hard. Yet, for all these different reasons, it is. And so you can't have your same level of expectation. Mm-hmm. Um, because things that shouldn't be hard are equally challenging as the things were really hard and you're like I can't believe
1: this well and then with those things you're just like whatever Emily's sitting there in a room with my dad's body and she's (laughs) chatting with us and I'm sitting there going oh my god how is she doing that yeah and then I was like close his eyes (laughs) yeah he's like should I close him I'm like yeah, and she tries it. She's like, I can't, I can't. They're kind of goopy. I don't think they're working. And I was like, stop messing with his eyes.
0: Oh my god, so I'm
1: like freaking out. She's like sitting there and I'm like, oh my God. We're <laughs> just like, I mean, it's just insane. It's absolutely insane. And then and then she goes, and then she's like, um, she goes, Well, should I put the sheet over his head? And I was like, Well, if you're not sure he's dead yet, no. <laughs> these <laughs> are the conversations we've had to have. I mean, they're just so screwed up, so yeah. screwed up. You don't think how might I mean? You don't think that anyone should be having those conversations, but the fact that you're having them with somebody else, you know, not somebody else, with your sisters, mm-hmm. it makes it doable. And you're at that point, you're so desensitized, but also entirely and fully connected to it that it's just—it's crazy. Really, it's very <laughs> crazy. It's I important. mean,
2: Emily called me on Friday morning and she said, You know,
1: Papa found the right door.
2: And I said, Okay. Are you sure? And she's like, I think so. I think he found the door. And I said, Why don't you check his pulse? <laughs> <And> she's
1: <laughs> like, I can't find his pulse. I've never been able to find it. I'm like, Okay, okay. Let's just talk.
2: You know, if he might start breathing again. Let's just talk. Yeah. and tell me about what's what you've been what was happening and, and tell and yeah, you know, I know you're worried about forgetting what's happened and just tell me and you know so she's talking she talks a lot and i'm like okay it's been an hour i think we need to call hospice mm. <laughs> and claire i think we now need to call claire <laughs> 706 like it literally been an hour and i was like we got to go to this next phase here
0: yeah
2: you know so she calls. And so I'm like, okay. And she's got me on speaker phone and you know, she's, and I'm like, there's the binder there's. Cause I was the one who knew the numbers that needed to be called and stuff like that. Mm. Right. And so she calls and she's talking to them and she's like, I think he's, I think he's, I don't know if she was saying, still saying we found the right door or if she said, I, I think he's passed. I'm not sure what she said to the hospice people. And, uh, and they're like, well, you say, thing, can you check his pulse? Oh, I can't find his pulse. <laughs> <laughs> like,
1: I've never been able to
2: yeah. And then they're like, okay, well, can you feel his body? Is it warm? And she's like, walked over and was like, it's kind of warm. And then they're like, okay. <laughs> and I, and she's, I said, either way, hospice needs to come. Yeah. Like if right. he's, if he's still here, there's been a You ch- Like it's, right. but they're going to, so they're like, we're coming, you know, we'll be there in, nine o'clock. And, uh, just, just, you know, you're just kind of like, and I'm like, okay, so now it's, um, seven thirty. I mean, we, <laughs> gotta we got, got another done. hour and a half. Like, oh my okay, gosh, We're, we're going to keep talking to her. And then at one point I said, we, we should really figure this out before mom wakes up. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like, we need to have a definitive answer for her. Like, and Emily kept saying, I, he's passed into my head. I'm like, is past like it's it's, time it's time but you kept thinking but it's not but but i was like is she ready to know that Uh. was the other part of it like maybe easing into this for everybody is the right thing Mm. you know and so we just i mean but it was it ended up being fine actually that you know my mom didn't need to ease into it she was she was well and Emily yeah Emily talked to her Emily talked to her and you know we're all still kind of on speaker phone and then she's going to talk to her so she hangs up and you know and they're there for a little bit and then the the hospice nurse shows up and you know we're back on speaker phone and talking to the Mm -hmm. hospice nurse and you know and then because there's a different number that we have to call once because the hospice people have to declare them you know legally dead before you can then make the next set of calls right mm-hmm. and so we're making then I'm helping and making the next set of calls and, and then there the mortuary is going to come pick them up you know um I think they said by noon you know and it's nine o'clock and we're like okay we're gonna just we're gonna keep talking on the mm-hmm. speakerphone
1: like we're just gonna keep talking yeah because we can't it's not i mean you got to deal with it you got to deal else. with it there's it's nothing it. to do but just just deal with it and that's the process and honestly we were all just kind of hoping for it but you're never ready for it no when it happens no. i mean it's what you want you're relieved but you're not ready yeah exactly yeah. yeah i mean
2: yeah i mean and then a lot of people say i'm so sorry and i was a little and i kept saying I'm not sorry. Beyonce's not sorry. She ain't sorry. You don't need be sorry. <laughs> like, what is she talking about? I, I can't I stop doing that. It, just, it just came out, you know, like it's not sorry. It's yeah. you can be sad, but there's no sorry no. because yeah. it happened the right way. Yeah. And when it happens the right way, there's no sorry. There might be sorrow. There might be sadness but there's not sorry
1: yeah
2: yeah so you know but i mean like and then my mom says you and then this guy in black showed up and said mortuary on his shirt and that was okay with me you Mm -hmm. know and i was Mm -hmm. and at that point we were still talking and, and that's when emily lost it and was like i gotta go yeah and she just and my mom was kind of like, what's she's so weird? <laughs> what's her problem? Like, this is just business. <laughs> yeah, this is the easy part. This is the easy part, she said. This isn't him. Yeah. I'm gonna keep eating breakfast. And I'm just gonna stare at the wall and not look over there. Yeah. You know? And and it was like, well, I I've gotta find a neighbor to help the guy because there's about 40 stairs to the cabin and the poor mortuary guy, he showed my sister the paperwork. It said no stairs and he needs help. And my sister was just like, I'm out. And so I'm, mm-hmm. I'm calling the neighbors. And I, I, I called the neighbor and I just, I just launched into it. And I said, I'm sorry, this is like messed up, but I need you to go help move a body. <laughs> and he's like, right now. And I said, yeah, right now. <laughs> like, He's like, okay, I'm on it. And this, Uh, these are our neighbors who have only lived in the house since August Mm -hmm. and have a one-month-old baby boy,
0: Mm
2: -hmm. Kavik. And his middle name is Richard, Mm -hmm. which is not for our dad. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's their family name, Mm -hmm. but it is, you know, and it's like a baby born in Highcroft Mm -hmm. and his middle name's Richard. Like they're just lovely, incredible people. And he'd helped my dad the, literally the week and a half before when he got stuck in a chair.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: he, he came over and helped to move him. And the, the week before that, he'd started moving their trash cans. And I said to him, you opened yourself
1: up. Once you started moving those trash cans, <laughs> yeah. you were moving all kinds of stuff. <laughs> he <was> just like. <laughs>
2: and he's like, I'm happy to help
1: you know <laughs> well that's <laughs> it. just
2: it i mean there was so many
1: people are happy to help exactly yeah. so many different people pitched in in so many different ways and they don't necessarily they, know
2: how but they want to help yeah and it's the it's human those, spirit
1: yeah. i mean and those small acts of kindness just go so far and that's honestly going to carry me through yeah just, I'm going to really try in the rest of my life, just, you know what? Yeah. Can I do this small act of kindness? Yes. I don't know what that will mean to that other person. So I'm going to do it because it doesn't, doesn't take that much on my end and I can do Mm -hmm. that. So,
2: yeah. We have to give a thank you card still. I bought them. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah. No, it's, it's good. We're gonna be good. Yeah. I think the thing too that um, I was telling Claire last night. I think that um, my mom is lucky because I mean not lucky, but her dad died, and, and my grandmother lived to be hundred and hundred all um, hundred and change,
0: mm.
2: and so she had. 35 maybe even 40 years by herself yeah
1: Yeah. she had a whole
2: nother lifetime yeah that happened after her whole lifetime with my grandfather and and so I think my mom has that role model to guide her Mm -hmm. you know as to how you can move forward and and live a a, live a a real a, a not just live but like live right you know because my grandmother she lived yeah. i mean
1: she,
0: she, did.
2: she was a character and she she did it you know she did it all and she did it to the fullest and and i have no doubt that my mom is is gonna do that too i mean she's not it's not about forgetting your old life or your husband or, or anything my, i mean my dad is so he's so part of us and so part of her and it's this is but she's gonna keep living and she's mm-hmm. gonna live well and so I'm that makes it easier you know I mean she's hoping to take a cruise already and she called up the neighbor and said I'm playing rummy cube with you next week mm-hmm. so it, it's gonna that's that's how you go forward You think about those things and you start making plans.
0: Well, and you had pointed out she's been caregiving for 15 years.
2: Yeah. 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 And there's a lot of like, um, you know, just habits and and things. and, and, And like, we were laughing last night because like, my dad was super into security and like everything is like locked and duct taped, and uh, it's just, yeah. And, and like, I mean, like, doors you need to go into are locked. I mean, it's just, it's constant. Like, and so we were laughing because we were like, the
1: front door's been unlocked for days. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's got to be driving you crazy. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Definitely driving him crazy. He would not let that fly. Gaia was in the house, yeah. dogs are in the house and the front door's unlocked. Yeah. Like... And
2: my mom's like, that's how it is with Dana. You know? oh, <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> oh. yeah. you know, it's good. I mean, yeah. Proud of her. Mm-hmm. She's yeah. going to be okay. She will be okay.
0: Well, I hope Emily's proud of this video.
2: I guess. <laughs> she better be. I damaged. don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we did our best.
0: You did great. That's all, that's
2: all that anybody can do, right? Yeah. At the end of the day,
0: you did great. And I'm confident that other families that are going to have the opportunity to hear this will extract all the goodness they need.
2: Yeah, good. Yeah. Thank you, Michelle.
0: Thanks, Thank Michelle.
2: You. Nice to see you. It's
0: so good <laughs> to see you.
1: Bye. Bye.